The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Brandon Peters Show. Today we'll be celebrating 25 years of the Star Wars Special Editions. Joining me and shooting first from We Live Entertainment, Weissel Blue Variety, and the host of Out Now with Aaron and Abe, Aaron Newerth. Thank you. Thank you for that intro. And yes, the, the best versions, some say. Do people say that? Do people walk in like, yeah, the best ones. The best ones. The very special to me editions, maybe, they, they say. We're right Hashtag the, best Java. Best Java, yeah. yeah. My hut, not Pizza <laughs> my, Hut, Book It Hut. My uh, hut. Yeah. We're like, in when this is coming out, we're in the midst of this celebration. As they started coming out in January of 1997, we're in the period where Empire Strikes Back special edition was released. And then in March would be the release of Return of the Jedi special edition which would I, I always remember for some reason would be knocked out of the box office first place quickly by Private Parts, Howard Stern's movie, I believe, knocked it out of the box. He shook it all night long. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this is interesting because looking back, people aren't too fond on these historically, but I remember being very <laughs> excited for them when they came out. I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of people were very excited. Right, 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 (laughs) right. I mean, this for me, this is my first time seeing him in a theater. Like that opportunity was not afforded. Like I'm younger than you. So obviously, yes. Right, (laughs) right, right. Oh, you grew up in California where there may have been some. Uh, yeah, screenings or something. We're, we're a we're a plucky, <laughs> a plucky nine year old was <laughs> walking around. Right, or I guess eleven year old. Eleven year old was trying to find represent screenings. <laughs> yes. They were. I mean, they were also before you and I would have been able to take advantage of it. They were re released in theaters through the eighties randomly. Yeah, uh, to pick up some extra dollars. But uh, this time, being a Star Wars fan at this time, like I, this is part of the dark period i like to say uh after from like 84 to 98 was the you know the dorkiest time to be a star wars fan because there was like n- there was stuff going on but it was like it wasn't lo- it, it wasn't like what you have now where you're like there's no movies but you get the mandalorian you get cartoons um, oh is there more star wars i wasn't aware people don't yeah, talk yeah about it check time. it out disney plus cool <laughs> stuff. if you're a fanboy you are in service um but like the cool Star Wars things at the time was like books, the Timothy Zahn heir to the Empire trilogy, and an ongoing series of continued adventures of Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Chewbacca, you name it, and side stories that now become realities of like Tales from the Most Likely Cantina, Tales from Jabba's Palace, that that type of stuff. They went everywhere. Um, comics, Games. you had, huh? Yeah. 
to comics games like Rebel Assault, TIE Fighter, Dark Forces, Super Star Wars, which I love those Super, Super Nintendo Wars, ones. Which are very difficult. Very difficult. <laughs> very awesome. Uh, there are good cheat codes on those, though. But uh, Shadows of the Empire, that was my thing, because I had a 64 and a Nintendo 64. And that was mm-hmm. beyond being like a successful book to the point of which Lucas was even like, he gave it like the nod, like, yeah. like like, he doesn't tend to like comment too much it seems on the extended universe stuff but it seems like shadows of the empire is like yeah right (laughs) that was good that was like the first like that was like a major event with shadows of the empire because it was the book shadows of the empire had the comic book shadows of the empire had the video game on 64 Mm -hmm. which i remember liking like i uh, yeah i liked it it was very punishing <laughs> because yeah. it was back at that time when you had lives so you could just like if you lost you lost and you start all the way over again <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's but uh, it was a popular game but it gave you a, a han solo analog in the form of dash rendar dash so. rendar <laughs> yeah and prince shizor yep that was that was a guy um it was this whole story of stuff that happened between empire and jedi and felt like a lot happened yeah, that was like it. I felt like, oh, this is gonna be toys. It. Toys was toys. Big, big toys muscular big. toys. Big muscular. It was a mix. Toys. It was a mix because I had because they had a micro machine. I have I have one right here. I oh, have one. Yep. They have the micro machine toys that yes. I, I collected. All I tried to collect all of those I can where they're not like you can't for the audio listeners. Uh, like they weren't super huge. They weren't like tiny micro machines. They're the ones that are like like a medium size, a happy medium. Mm-hmm. That's the one. Those are the ones that I like really flock to. I had the Death Star <laughs> like, with that one. I had, I had the Death Star. Hoth. I had a, uh, I had a Hoth. Yeah, I had a Hoth set. It's like it like full, like I had the Hoth or like it folds up into like a little briefcase. Mm-hmm. So you could like, I don't know, take her out, but whatever. You fold it out and it's like a Hoth station and you get an ATA and add ad and everything. There was like a, a shield generator and indoor one. Yeah, the shield, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, that, that one. one. There was all, and there were then there were like the micro machines that were like the heads of characters, and you like open mm-hmm. the head, and it's like, yeah, you know, yep, was, like because I had the because I was big on I'm a big Boba I was a big Boba Fett guy, so I had the Boba Fett head, which is Bespin, mm-hmm. so I had like the whole like Bespin set, and it was cool because it's like you know from the top to bottom, so on the bottom it's like Luke hanging out at the bottom of the thing, and the rest <laughs> of it's you know the rest of Bespin, it's like oh this is great, uh, but I I had a lot of toys for start like that was my thing for Star Wars for sure. No, the action um, figures with the film cells. Yeah, there were those. But the, the thing I want to get to is in this very room, I had a whole like indoor thing that I made myself mm-hmm. where I had like this is back in the day when you still had like you know, like um electronic race car sets where like it would just be like a track and you'd like hold the, the little clicker that's attached to it and it just kind of goes around in circles. Right. I had I had one of those and it was on like a big board, so I turned it into the Battle of Endor. So I put like little sp- the micro machine speeder bikes oh, okay. on top of the cars, so it'd be going around. I put it all like this, like plants and woods and stuff from outside to put it on to make it look like a forest. And like a chicken walker and all the different toys, and they're like hanging from the ceiling and stuff too. So I like I had like a full on like indoor battle going on oh, in this nice. room. It was uh, it was fun for like nobody to ever see. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> my, my my friends who spent the night thought I was awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they, I mean, that was what it was. You had to live in, like, expanded universe stuff, toys, all sorts of things. There's a there's a role-playing game that I never played that started in the 80s, like, shortly before uh, the mm-hmm. Timothy Zahn novels, which he mined for information, which later would evolve into stuff actually showing up in movies, which is kind of cool, like, mm-hmm. um, that those guys had to come up with ideas and, and things to go with it, which were licensed and okayed by Lucas. Uh, he I'm did sure have, there were... 
I'm sorry. Well, he did have he did have restrictions on these things as much as he was letting out. Like uh, I know in the Heir to the Empire series, uh, they he wanted to the Joris Saboth character, which is like the the clone Jedi evil that's evil working with Grand Admiral Thrawn, was supposed to be a clone of Obi Wan Kenobi, but he said you could not do that. Mm-hmm. So um, that was one thing he ixnayed. There was a couple other. There was a certain time period that wasn't allowed to be referenced as well that he had mm. uh, put on these uh, books and comics and stuff like that. I'm sure there were more card games. But I know there was a card game, like a card series. I think that started mm-hmm. after the special editions came out, though. I think that's when they okay. took off then because I think because I remember there were commercials, but it's like. I don't. I can't, I can't remember far back enough to be like, oh yeah, there were definitely commercials before the special edition. I feel like it came after those when Star Wars started getting more popular again, before Phantom Menace came out, but like after, kind of reinvigorated the spirit of Star Wars. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, that the that was yeah. The, I think the card game came out then. I can't remember. And that because like I, I had the THX remastered VHS set, which yeah, I wanted to bring up because yeah. there's the disclaimer. That was, that was huge. There's yeah. a disclaimer on that saying that this is the last time these will ever be available uh, again. And people are like, oh, okay. And it's it's held true to a degree from a yeah. certain point of view that no one knew what they meant then. But that was because uh, once these special editions came out, well, they would, ne- they would not be seen. He did cheaply on, <laughs> to, to try to sell the single... Uh, standalone editions of the movies put the uh, put a limited edition out where the bonus disc was a straight laser up four by three edition. four by three letterbox laser disc rip of the Star Wars THX edition. But as far as concerned, that yeah that that was the last time, and then the special editions and never looked back. Which prior to the special editions, they had been tinkered with before. All three movies, of course, always throughout. <laughs> yes. It's 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 a nonstop thing, and there's good stuff, and there's bad stuff, and there's good stuff in these. Uh, there's stuff that worked back in the day that doesn't now. Yeah, Star Wars has always been tinkered with, um, but something like, like every movie, like, like every movie, yeah. <laughs> and anyone that thinks that like from the theater to the you know to Blu-ray to 4K that there's been they're, like they're untouched is insane. Like visual effects right. are still being worked on for like the big movie, like even the Marvel movies. There's they're never they're mm-hmm. never like done. Like they're happy to keep doing stuff with. Them. I mean, looking at if you look at the fine details of these, like there are just slight audio cues that change from like 1977 to like a 1982 re-release. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's crazy. That's not to say that it's comparable necessarily with like yes, an added sequence of a CG job of the hut in a 1977 Star Wars film. Right. I understand this, but yeah, these things are malleable. A lot like, of co- can, co- a lot of cosmetic fixes. There, there's some yeah. alternate takes and alternate lines, but uh, yeah, that's that's what happened. Um, but yeah, this this 1997. Now, I, memory's hazy. I can't remember uh, the prequels' official announcement that he was going to make those. Uh, it comes somewhere after Jurassic Park, but is it like big I time? It's like ninety. It's like ninety four. Ninety four. It's, like, it's probably. I think it's probably around the time he puts the THX editions out. I know Malton says something to him about it on the THX edition VHSs because those came with a little three part George Lucas interview that airs before each movie. Um, but was I think nineteen ninety seven was when they were aiming to release the first prequel, but since that didn't pan out, we got these. Yeah. I think this was like 
compromise, but it, these also oddly foreshadow getting you ready for what you're going to kind of look at it in the prequels in a yeah. way. It's kind of a smart-ish move, but... Um, it's the it's the thing that leans on Al Lucas is very good as a businessman. Like he knows mm-hmm. how to you know juice certain kinds of excitements and get you ready and prepare you for things to you know essentially sell you, but also just show you a new thing. But you know in his right. way, the anniversary re releases weren't a stranger either. I sure. mean, like the Godfather had a big re release when it came when it hit Disney an anniversary. <laughs> Disney movies always the Exorcist that, that has been released. always opening, always opening up. <laughs> The Exorcist jumped on the Star Wars craze because we got the version you've never seen and shouldn't probably watch. Just do the original. It's good. And, and famously Blade Runner, the 1982 Blade. director's cut. Yeah, the, yeah, director's cut, international edition. Yeah, Rid- that Ridley Scott, he's played with a couple movies. <laughs> he's done a few. Uh, but this one, so 1997, there's that trailer, the TV. Uh, Which kills. For an entire generation. People have experienced Star Wars the only way it's been possible, on the TV screen. But if you've only seen it this way, you haven't seen it at all. Now, for its 20th anniversary, the adventure of a lifetime returns to the big screen in a way you've never seen before. There'll be no one to stop us this time. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. With newly enhanced visual effects. They're coming in too fast! THX and digital sound. And a few new surprises. Want a tabula? Look, Jabba, next time you want to talk to me, come see me yourself. Here they come! This January. Good luck. George Lucas and 20th Century Fox invite you to welcome back Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo, Darth Vader, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Chewbacca, C-3PO, and R2-D2. Finally, the motion picture event, the way it was meant to be experienced. This will be a day long remembered. As the entire Star Wars trilogy returns. On January 31st, Star Wars. On February 21st, The Empire Strikes Back. Then on March 7th, Return of the Jedi. Move closer! For a whole new generation. You have yet to experience it on the big screen. And for everyone else to experience it again. That boy is our last hope. No. There is another. The Star Wars Trilogy, Special Edition. See it again, for the first time. The Force will be with you, always. Do you know offhand what the movie was that it first premiered with? I, I didn't look this Mm-mm. up, I should have. Uh, but I remember seeing that in the theaters and like, you know, as a, you know, you know we're... I'm a little younger than you, but like, real, I imagine we have the same excitement as far as being like in a movie theater, mm-hmm. seeing like a tiny TV with an X-wing on it, and yep. the TV fucking explodes, and the X-wing's going at you, and it's like, how, what? <laughs> like, I get to do this? <laughs> like, this is amazing. And it, and it had the tagline, and a few new surprises. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they kept doing. Yeah, like I was like, what? What are they doing? Because before this, our only 
gateway into deleted material was the Star Wars storybook and from Empire to Jedi, uh, which from Empire to Jedi, or from Star Wars to Jedi, I'm sorry. Uh, from Star Wars to Jedi was with the original VHS collection set. came with it. It was a little docu- uh, documentary about making the films. And in that, you that you could see shooting of a big Darklighter scene on Tatooine. And then in the Star Wars storybook, it included the big Starlighter on Tatooine stuff, um, which was like, what the hell is this? Like, I always were like, this isn't in the movie. Where this picture from? Like, what is this? When I was a kid, because I got a hand-me-down from my uncle of the Star Wars storybook. And I was always like, what in the world is this? Just like when Phantom Menace came out, there was a, a storybook or something, and it had like just like a a uh, composite of characters in like the back covers and stuff. And there was one of Bale Organa, not Jimmy Schmitz, some dude. Bale Organa. <laughs> Bale Organa, um, but not used. Uh, so there I'm was just the- glad all the, all the big, the big heads were getting just lots of material to work with for their small, but effective fandom, mm-hmm. uh, all their shirts. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, the big Starlighter fandom, and there's the Jabba scene, which that was included in from Star Wars to Jedi. They showed that uh, with the guy with the big feathery coat. He would not get to come back for these. He would be he would be replaced. So let's. So first, of course, we're excited. Um, you hadn't seen him theater before. Uh, neither did I. Uh, so going in before seeing these and knowing that changes were happening, what were your thoughts about the changes? prior to seeing the films like that they were going to tweak stuff so what was my thought on just like knowing that there would be new stuff knowing that before you saw the new stuff but knowing like seeing the trailer and knowing that they were going to change some things oh obviously just intrigue and curiosity and excitement like i'm gonna see star wars on a big screen Mm -hmm. awesome there's new things involved i know the i know these pretty well just because from vhs viewing constantly like right what could be different and i'm young enough where it's like i'm not reading the you know the books or the making of stuff to be like all that all that like knowing of various things that exist but like only some people know about it just because they've read that far like i just i don't know i don't know what to expect so it's more mm-hmm. of like okay yeah i i am fully on board for whatever this is going to be and why would it be bad it's star wars it's my favorite thing <laughs> right exactly i'm i was like a, I, when these came out i was 15 i was all into like i was into the film stuff but i was like cgs the, the wave of the future i'm like oh look what they could do to star wars oh look they're adding stuff here or there there I, I to me i looked at it like oh they could have possibly improved star wars which i never thought was possible that's that was my mentality as a 15 year old like i was I was down to see them try, you know, I was, I was excited. Uh, it's funny. Like yeah. you mentioned that, like the CG thing, it's the kind of thing where like when the, like 97, 98 is when it really like, not specifically Star Wars, but like in general, as far as films coming out, that's when I generally consider myself like the person I became as far as being film obsessed, mm-hmm. like that, that time period is because I started, you know, not just recognizing like, I like this, but also like why I like this mm-hmm. on a deep, on a deeper level. But like, you know, going back to something like Jurassic Park, that's that's like a key, like, I'm a certain age and I can recognize that it's, like, good, but there's, like, a different, like, evolution going on here. And so, like, right. and so I'm seeing, like, CG and practical effects, but CG for, like, and used so effectively in my eyes for the first, like, in a way where I'm, like, it just, like, this just exists now. So, like, seeing, you know, it happening in Star Wars, it's just, like, 
cool. Like, I want to know where we're going with this. Right. Yeah. With me, like, this is the age and around the time where I start being someone who's like, oh, I want to make movies to actually start making them on my own, my VHS camcorder. So I'm in the middle of that period of myself. Uh, with it. I care, of course, don't have this. Is this is where in the, in the in the in the YouTube version of the show, you cut in a footage of of young Brandon like running up a slide or something on a on an old like eight bit right. Yes, sixteen millimeter camera. So, yeah, yeah, it's showing me the camera messing around. Yeah, yeah this exactly. <laughs> this is exactly what happens. <laughs> and then somebody walks behind me over the tail and. <laughs> that's what we add later uh, but yeah it, great this, clip brandon okay <laughs> <laughs> what a clip <laughs> what a show for yeah for, how many times did you go sorry, see I'm derailing the whole thing i'm no, sorry <laughs> how many how many at times did you go see these in the theater i honestly like i can't recall offhand i will say like i've prob i probably saw all of them at least twice i'll put that out there that period of like the 90s to like the early 2000s there was a lot of like i'm just seeing movies and we'll do and i'll you know be in the movies all day i'll see a movie and i'll jump to another movie or whatnot and like there's so there's only you know there's only so many things that you can see so like pg star wars movies while like you know my mom and or dad were like doing something else or whatnot i could just be in this area and just Mm -hmm. do this thing right i don't think i went overboard as far as like just constantly seeing it every weekend but i do think i saw all three of them at least twice yeah, I think I, that's fair to say. I saw Star Wars and Jedi twice. I saw Empire four times, and every time I saw Empire, I made a goal: I'm going to sit somewhere else in the theater. Like, <laughs> I like sat really maximized my experience. I sat low in the front once and to the side, low to front and the side, so it was like a this. And uh, there was one time I went and the projector was off center. And so I was just like, you know what? I could say something, but I'm going to watch it like this. Like the the mm. opening crawl went like this. <laughs> And I just was like, you know what? I'm gonna let this go. They didn't gonna, fix I'm, it. Somebody complain. But you're just wampa stomping your way all over the place in this theater. See Empire. I was loving it. I was loving it. I saw twice. I saw. I always. Uh, my uncle Mark's like who like really introduced me to Star Wars. So I would see it with him uh, each time, and then off on my own or whatever. But I remember when I went. We went opening night to we went to Jedi, and for some reason the theater had a. Uh, uh, like to try to get all festive and they had a um, stump the Jedi type thing where they had these dorks and robes probably from the comic book stores that were sitting there and you you had to ask them a, you know try to stump them with Star Wars knowledge and if they uh, if you got like a prize if you did it and I stumped him because um, here's a question real quick was robes a thing before the prequels like beyond just the fact that like because only like obi-wan had a robe only obi-wan had a robe but was I think robes that, like was robes like a thing that mm-hmm. people were doing i think i think it was the, just considered like that's what a jedi wears because I've, I've, I've heard the whole argument that it's like he's only wearing a robe because he's on tatooine and yeah it's, it's sunny he needs he needs to have some kind of layer well like the the artwork for the timothy zahn novels with uh george sabath he was always wearing an obi-wan like robe too so uh, maybe that leaked into somewhere maybe that's, some that's, comics. Why, that's, that's what i figure like extended universe and comic stuff like also did that but mm-hmm. at the same time it's like well, lucas did roll, roll with the robe thing like it seems like that. so i don't know what's also samurai like so i get in their monks yeah i mean like yeah. you know, so it's like i don't see a problem with this like in the, you know, I don't it is interesting that the guy would go into hiding and just stick with the outfit but 
and and you know keep his last name and you know look exactly like himself mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> i hope the the obi-wan series is like testing out masks or like right. shaving the beard shaving the beard would be a big step that'd be something to see <laughs> just rocking regular you mcgregor face <laughs> and he goes by dave kenobi okay i hope we get an origin story for this choice too for ben <laughs> oh gosh all the you know it's gonna happen you know you know like episode one it's gonna be you know searching for a new name ben kenobi just hoping they bring watto back you know he'll probably give it to him i'll trade you a name that's too much to say i want the ben how about the ben i like that you've you've been here before yeah (laughs) you've been here before yeah no um so uh, let's let's dig into Star Wars. Okay, uh, I, was, I was ready for like which... I was ready for ten more minutes of Watto, but that's fine. We can dig into Star Wars. Uh, we can dig into Star Wars, and I can tell you it's a Watto. Right? Have you seen the new A Little Caesar's Pizza? It's a Batman. Why? It's crazy. <laughs> that's my Watto. It's not a pizzas. Uh, Star Wars sold as Star Wars Special Edition, not Star Wars: A New Hope Special Edition. Star Wars, the special edition. Um, so the the New Hope moniker isn't just like hardcore here yet. And every time they would do it, Star Wars would be the prompt predominant thing here. This one, uh, big deal. This one had the most done to it. Uh, reported 10, 10 million in updates to this movie, which they made back easily. Oh, did they? they, they had, <laughs> which they had already made back before they even started. Yeah. Uh, but, um, notably, uh, we get, see, the, the big one was the Jabba scene. That's, which we've talked about, uh, where they like had- most of Tatooine seems like the big, A lo- like, lot of Tatooine. Uh, Moss Eisley, I guess, is like a lot of the big stuff, right? There's right. Dubaks and whatever. Yeah, we get, um, Jabba the Hutt with Han Solo is a scene cut from the original because they couldn't pull off Jabba like George wanted exactly. They shot it, but no compromise there. Uh, you and I have talked and, about this scene that, and, and the information is just the same that you get from Greedo's scene. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're not really doing anything beyond just having the scene here. <laughs> so yeah, I th- yeah, this is the big one they sell on, and Jabba looks like crap in yeah. this. They have improved it over time because they would go back to these for DVD release, for Blu-ray release, for 4K. Like they touch up this Jabba. Still never great, but this is just like, oof, CG was not ready for this. It wasn't, but it's like, it's like Java's always not like all the, it's a mix of like, they're aliens. And so there's just something, I mean, the otherworldliness, like if it's not originally that way, it's not going to work that well because we have tangible examples from, Mm -hmm. you know, him and Yoda and the various other like, Muppets <laughs> create the you know yeah. so it's like seeing a CG version of a thing that you've very well seen real that's already not helping plus Jabba's just such a weird com- like even now like in the Boba Fett show watching mm-hmm. the other huts they still don't look very good like they no. still just look like blob thing that you've created there's personality there I guess and it's not like I love slacking in this department but it's just like I think it's the just how effective Jedi is is establishing who Jabba is as a character, right? Combined with the fact that a giant slug creature is just not that the most appealing thing, 
And, you know, in this movie, you're blending it with broad daylight with Harrison Ford being jerked around the screen. It's like, eh, <laughs> it's just not going to work that well. Well, it's, yeah, it's weird because it's like one, even though, like it, it just doesn't feel like it has any weight on it nope. compared to what we've seen. And like when I saw Jedi, I'm like, I, I really just didn't believe this thing would move. Like I really, <laughs> you know, you just sitting there and a slug and then you see him out like just slugging around and episode one looks pretty good i will say like i think because of how they frame it because he's like in the midst of everything going on right and it's used very sparingly it's just like yeah he exists i think it works the best in that regard but like right it's just a, it's just a weird creature to try to like make cg work mm-hmm. with when you when you have exactly this like stationary thing that you've seen built already right right and then they take the opportunity to make sure that Boba Fett's in every movie of the trilogy and has him <laughs> here with a fourth wall break of, yeah, I'm here as, as he goes through. Watch the, watch the Andor show, bring Jabba in every single episode just to make Diego Luna happy. <laughs> that would He's be funny. It was like a calendar, out of the month calendar. I want him to d- deliver the renewal for season two. Like, Oh, oh Jabba. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's make sure in the in the show notes for this week's episode to provide the Diego Luna loves Jabba the Hutt video clip. Oh yeah, that's great stuff. Like he's got to show up. He's got to. Uh, uh, the the biggest controversy of this changes is the, uh, of course, uh, Big Darklighter showing up. But no, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> it, it's the the Han Solo introduction with Greedo, uh, where Greedo shoots first, um, way off. Missing Han He's Solo. He's a terrible bounty hunter. <laughs> like, but like something's busted with his gun because his gun's pointed one way and it shoots like off to the wall. Um, is Han Solo's head movement in this? I can't remember. Uh, no, or, they put that in later. They put that in later. Like he just no, misses. Here's just here's just the blasters. That's the first version right. of it. And how did you feel about this the first time you saw it? You know, to be honest, like young me wasn't like it just wasn't something I was concerned with. It's right. the kind of thing. It's similar to like when episode one came out, where like I don't have internet at this point. I don't like converse in a way that's right. anything less than Star Wars rules. So like it was a it was only a discovery I made later on where it's like, oh, this is a thing that people like have a problem with. Yeah, that uh, the same here. I was always like when I saw, I was like, oh, well, that's different than what I saw before. I didn't yeah. think of like the deep connotations that people would have from this, which I, I agree. It's silly, but like I it, never it was knew more it would like, be a, yeah. a th- people it was more like shirts. I could I could see blaster bolts like, OK, there's blaster bolts now. Mm-hmm. I didn't like real. I didn't think about the idea of like, you know, because also like as a child, I don't think I think of Han Solo as like, oh, he's so cool because of how dark and mysterious he is and has right. funny quips also. It's just more of like, Harrison Ford's fucking cool. Like, I don't know like, what else. Right. And, then, and like, certainly I can understand the, I mean, people go out overboard. I get the outrage that comes from like changing the shape of his character by having him not just cold-blooded murder a bounty hunter and instead getting into a duel of sorts that goes really well for him. Mm-hmm. But like, is you know, like, well, I don't. Has Lucas has like tried to justify this, right? I think, and it's just like a, a fine, I guess. Yeah. But like, you know, when I look at it now, it's like, yeah, I do prefer like the 
he's a smuggler. He does what he needs to kind of thing. And that adds right. to the arc as far as where he starts the film versus where he ends the film. So it's like, w- would I not have this if I had the option? Sure. Did it like ruin my childhood? Nothing does. So there. Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> and uh, funny thing about that, like uh, there's a lot of people probably think it takes away from him being a badass, but it's like, you realize Clint Eastwood probably shot at the same time as guys too. Like him and him and um, Lee Van Cleef. Lee Van Cleef, <laughs> yes, they would shoot at the same time at each other because they're bad at. Like you know, like if they think this makes Greedo look a little bit tougher than what he was, you know. Yeah. What about Greedo here? Like we all think Han, but we just made Greedo a bit more of a bad, a terrible shot, but more it's of a terrible shot. Yeah, but but he got the jump on the guy. He should have just shot him right there, and you know, right be done. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but uh, like I also think about like Hanzilla throughout this movie. It's like sure he like maybe kills a guy in cold blood, but he's also like you know whining constantly about not wanting to do things, not wanting to do participate in the Death Star action, right? Running away from a bunch of people. Like I mean, like he's you know he he's not always taking the 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 hard choice if he doesn't have to. Here. Right. Even I get bored sometimes, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and also, as you mentioned, like, the t- Tatooine is full of just, it's busy now. Like, it's really yeah. busy. and Which is more effective. I think the the way they fill it, like, sure, you have a giant, one of those things walking around and whatnot, mm-hmm. or more ships in the, ships in the air don't bother me, ships in the air, makes sense to me. Like, I, it like that stuff, I think, I, there's, like, those are, like, little cosmetic changes that I more or less enjoy. Like, they don't bother yeah. me, just, like, this There's makes some sense. little attention-getter pieces that are a little too much but like yeah. i get feel, like if he would have had the resources to do so back then he would have filled it up like that because it's supposed to be an active place instead of just all right you 10 walk that way okay we changed shots now you guys walk you know uh and make it less human they make it more you know alien this is before he does th thx1138 right before he does that remat re- revisit i think so it's like that's like 2001 or something like that maybe yeah something like i think that. so yeah because that's similar where it's not like huge changes it's more of just like filling out the rest of the world because mm-hmm. that movie's so cheaply shot on the i obviously so right but it's very what i was it's just it's a very effective version because for one thing that movie's not trying to call attention to things it's more trying to you know it's it's him doing his his very sterile thing and it just you know Hey, we can have a we can have more backgrounds. We can have more extensions going on here. Right, right. Uh, yeah, Lucas isn't dumb, is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, no, I, no. I no. think the the things he's the things we're talking about here, as far as the even the Jabba thing or a Jawa spinning out or whatever in Mos Eisley, it's because this is a you know it's a pulpy star space movie. Like right. it should it, have it was like silly, silly things was, going yeah. on. It was yeah. always silly to begin with. Uh, and there's great stuff here too, like um, little cosmetic fixes, like the the sand crawler. There's a lot better coverage with the sand crawler. Uh, the nighttime stuff looks really cool. Yeah, yeah, um, that's pretty effective. It works. The land speeder looks less like there's Vaseline smeared on the lens. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, less less like that. There's like a they Obi Wan's hut. They put a digital hut there. Yeah. Like I don't yeah, even remember yeah. what the old one looks like. I'm just used to this yeah. digital one now. Um, but yeah, a lot of stuff happens here on Tatooine's where they throw a lot of the obvious changes. Uh, they, the Death Star, they get to that with Alderaan exploding and the Death Star exploding, get a ring that yeah. <laughs> fires off, which 
All right. Yeah, yeah, whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't I always love that original Death Star explosion, though. I kind of I miss that that like light glow. Like I always like that that one. There. Um, I would. I I agree with you actually, and I would say I do like the Return of the Jedi one because they like try to flip it to some degree. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They do. They do. Also, I think what you know because that this is ninety seven, so ninety six. Independence Day is like one of my movies at this point. Oh, so yeah, like, yeah. And, you know, and that it movie was the new Star it, Wars. It was the new it, Star it, it, Wars. It, it was. And it ends with basically the Death Star exploding and it has like a giant, you know, a wave of craziness coming out. Right. We knew how explosions went then. We were like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, you so watching, it. so like I'm adjusted at this point to be like, yeah, Death Star. And there's a thing. Cool. Yeah. yeah Death Star. <laughs> it makes sense. Of course it would add that. It's better yeah. now. <laughs> um yeah and then on the death star they add little like the little trinket of um when han's running away and he runs yeah. to a dead end and instead and that that cracked me up at the theater a lot that was all because you know he ran into a couple stormtroopers and it was like oh crap ran away and they the way they fix it and had like just a hundred stormtroopers there <laughs> That's funny. That makes it work it is. even better. That's an improvement yeah. in my eyes. Like it's like that's ah. just that. That's that's Lucas. Like yeah, he knows what he's doing. Like whether mm-hmm. or not you agree with him, he's not. You know, these aren't like uh, arbitrary choices he's making here. Yes. Like because I remember in the theater opening weekend seeing that when that happened, the whole crowd went like whoa. Like there's a big, <laughs> there's a big audible uh, recognition of that from the crowd uh, where they where they did that, and then of course. Another big thing is the space battle at the end adds a lot of CG X wings and at the TIE beginning fighters. of that battle you get you get the big like like comp, like everybody's here shot oh trailer shot yeah the big trailer yeah. shot for that it's like, yeah whoa and then there was the the word that oh they replaced it all no it's it's a mixture of model work and CG um, but some people had thought that they mixed them all they actually re-edited a lot of the the space battle and a lot of the action scenes like the the film has a almost a complete re-edit to, to a lot of the stuff uh, when CG was involved and plays slightly differently than what came before, as noted by people who pay way more attention to this shit than I do. Which, I, I read this because I just can't discern it at this point anymore, but like it, I mean, it, you know. I watch other that. movies. I don't have time to sit and make, <laughs> wait, a couple seconds shy there. As much as like Star Wars is celebrated for just being Star Wars, mm-hmm. and as much as people want to pull it apart, as far as like which things, you know, not age poorly, but like stand out as far as like, yeah, you Lucas was younger. We just kind of give him a pass for certain things. Yeah. The final, the final like twenty minutes of that movie, that's just the X wings taking on the Death Star, mm-hmm. is that's as tense as anything. Like it's so effectively shot, and like Lucas only learned from there. That's why the re-editing. It's not like it made it worse. It's just even tighter and more tense because, you know, it's what, 50, almost 77. It's almost, <laughs> what year is it? Almost 45 years 45 later. Years. Mm-hmm. And you watch that sequence, you know, they're going to destroy the Death Star. I'm still fucking edge of my seat, yeah. like waiting to It's like, Luke, how's Luke going to get out of this one? Like these Vader's right behind him. Like, and, so- still, and in a theater, it's a whole new world. Seen yeah. this in the theater yeah. too. Yeah, it was insane to watch it like that for the first time. Just being like, "Good lord!" Like it's so I'm so inc- I'm so invested in these rebels stopping this thing right now, and I know it's going to work out. I right. know Han's going to come in at the last minute, but the fucking goosebumps you get in a theater with the you know surround sound coming at you as Han just comes in at the last minute, yippee! It does the, all. The, it's like the oh, point my, of view shots are so effective. The point of view uh-huh. shots in this are just like a whole nother level when you're in a theater. 
and watching it. And uh, to think, 60, 1976 and 1977 have some of the best, like, suspenseful, climactic uh, battles with two movies with Rocky, the final the fight uh-huh. scene between him and Apollo Creed, and then followed up with Star Wars the next year. Just some good, intense, well-done finales that, unlike the rest of the decade, end happily. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, this this finale is just great again. New little twists and turns, and seeing the CG because uh, that's what this was the future is going to be CG ships and stuff, and seeing what they could do with Star Wars. Like, oh wow, he's you know cosmetically fixing things. Um, there was a, issues that in the past, like transparent cockpits that were gone. Now they were actually fixing yeah. these things. They tried a bit on. The THX editions, but they were still a little bit see-through. But here, first time they're gone. The one fix they didn't make till like, I believe it was DVD or Blu-ray that that wasn't here. When Darth Vader and Obi Wan Kenobi fight, and Luke yells no, and Vader starts coming at the door, and it's closed mm-hmm. before he shoots it. His he's got the white stick. Yeah, and, and it's still there in this. I remember that because I was like, "Oh, they're gonna fix." They didn't fix that. Yeah, I think, the, I, think like, the, I think it's the DVD that does that one. Yeah, no. and there's the one like where like Obi Wan's like hit with his lightsaber, and it looks like it's going out. It's this little blue dot, and they would fix that later on like Blu-ray or DVD too. Uh, but their fight still looks. It, it improves every single time. Yeah, the, the fight that they have, they, every single time they do something different with it. Uh, well, different. They just modify it. Um, the one thing I like that they, again, Luke is having a sense of humor. I think he just increases is the sound of the head stormtrooper bonking his head on the door. Oh, yeah. Every time there's a new <laughs> every release. Time it's just, every time it just feels like it's louder. <laughs> yeah. like, it's just like, let's put more emphasis on this. This is really funny. <laughs> it is. like don't. And then I believe they changed it here. There was a close the blast doors got added because when Hansel is running away during the, the tunnel chase, and the door's closing, and they run through it. They come back, and they're like, open the blast doors, open the blast doors. So he added earlier, right up there, he added Stormtrooper saying, close the blast doors. And then they're like, open the blast doors. So mm. a little bit of comedy added there. That was a kind of funny line they added. But uh, And then, of course, we, we uh, big Starklighter thrown in. Because I was when I saw this movie, I knew there was no way in hell they were going to change the opening to this. But I was like, I want to see the big scenes. I want to see the big scenes. But when he showed up, uh, towards the end, I was like, "Woohoo, Biggs!" Because, <laughs> like, I grew up knowing like Luke had a friend, his best friend back home, and he dies during the final battle, and it's like that just non-existent. That's like another piece of drama for Luke during this battle, and gone. But then it gets to come back for a bit. Biggs, Darklighter, Rebel that Hero. The, the Biggs heads were happy. So they were, they were the I was one of them. I was like, all right. <laughs> my man Biggs. My man Biggs. But yeah, uh, the Star Wars Special Edition, that was good time. I was like, okay, what you got for us? Empire Strikes Back in February when this one comes out. And the big selling, uh, one of the big selling points of this was the Wampa. Yeah. He's he's not uh, ambiguous anymore. He is full. Like you Wampa, get a Wampa. A lot more Wampa. Guy in costume, arm cut off, like no longer a hand puppet. Still in there. The hand puppet's still in there, but pretty much. Which always looks like 
it, it's just like, <laughs> it's like, oh, I got him, I guess. <laughs> it looks too vicious until you see, like, oh, I guess he got him pretty good. <laughs> Which there's like, they fixed later on, there's like an arm, piece of someone's arm that showed up in frame because the puppet went extended <laughs> past it. Of course. And they would later fix that. But the, the Wampa, I guess it's cool. Like, just a place. I feel like Empire Strikes Back's the one they did the least tinkering to or the least, yeah. like, offensive tinkering yeah there's, there's nothing i mean because it's, it's a, i mean they're all they're all favorite movies of mine but i mean it's right perfect it's like what do you what do you do differently to this right like the, the stuff that i can remember most is like in best spin there's just more like cloud cars flying around and backgrounds yeah. and things <laughs> they add some cg cloud cars and all these movies get new wipes and transitions yep. that's yep, what they, they did to all of them uh but like yeah this one is mainly yeah cloud city I, it's neat. They add windows and all sorts of like designs to the walls because it was this like yeah, white. But Cloud City always scared me, and now it's like open and friendly. And I'm like, oh man, I liked it when it was like claustrophobic. See, I, I, I like, I, lo- I like the. I get what you're saying, and I don't disagree as far as yeah, it's effective in that way. But I like this approach too because of the you know the waiting for the other shoe to drop past, especially you know going into it like a you already know what's going to happen at this point. So I, mm-hmm. I like the efforts made to be like, let's make it more open and more agreeable seemingly. But you, you even though you know that there's something lurking underneath there, I like the idea right. of like, it's, you know, it's, it's what it's blue velvet with, you know, picket fences on top. And then there's something going on underneath. It's just like a nice little, like we're, we're hiding something in plain sight, essentially. And right. Trying to make it, make it seem effective. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I get you, I get as far as like, uh, yeah, there's an ominous feel by having it feel. I know, always like that. Like, like despite white... being in the clouds, you're sitting yeah. in this like claustrophobic space. That creepy Kubrick white room type. Yeah. Aesthetic like kills for me. So, but I, it's not like, game changing a, and i, and I yeah, like what sure. they've done i think what they've done looks really good because uh, I, I find the concept of best been fascinating as far as like it's a gas planet that we basically harvest from but yeah. we also live here like that's cool right. we <laughs> live on a good. space station on a gas planet like it's yeah like, it's, like I, I wish the sequel movies did anything that interesting to me like if there's one thing that they're lacking because for the most part i like a lot of the stuff but it's like you know, the prequels felt like they were doing something new. Mm-hmm. Sequel movies just felt like riffs on planets we've seen before. It's like Star Wars is yeah. about open. And, you know, the one time they go to some new planet, that's the one everyone hates, Canabite. Like, yeah. It's like the one, yeah. the one that's actually different in some way. It's like, we fucking hate this. I hate going to new worlds in Star Wars, apparently. Right. Like, Crate, Crate's cool, but it's a clever Crate's cool, spin but it's, on it's, Hoth. It's Hoth. Yeah. Yeah, it's a clever <laughs> spin on Hoth. Um, and everything else is forests, deserts, and snow, <laughs> and water. Right. And I get that I, you can say there's only so many elements. At the same time, it's like they fucking found a gas planet in an episode in the second episode movie. Right, <laughs> you can find new stuff to do. Put yeah. it on the put it on an asteroid. Fucking Guardians I mean, of the Galaxy had a had a head of a guy that they lived in. Like that's neat. <laughs> I mean, like Naboo isn't anything special, but it felt new. It felt yeah, yeah. Like he made terrain feel different with that and i mean even revenge of the sith goes to like it's got lava planets in a it's montage like brothers and the, the order 66 <laughs> montage shows you shows you a bunch of possibilities that yeah you i went for... to felucia and i'm like what's this alice in wonderland planet that i've never right. been to before <laughs> like, i want to see more of this sorry kit moon d but uh... right yeah like <laughs> it's yeah he he really knew how to do the terrains of uh, quite well and the that's where yeah the sequels and like 
Solo and Rogue Rogue One used Iceland. They they did that. Rogue so. One look no Rogue One looks good. I like Rogue even like that one planet that's basically a desert planet, but still Jetta, like, it's like yeah. a yeah. Jedi, though that's like has a giant plateau yeah. and it has like the giant fallen Jedi statues just in the mm-hmm. back. Like it's just like there's cool stuff going on. Like that movie's there's a lot going on aesthetically that I like. Which, mm-hmm. again, well, beach, it has the beach planet. That's has, right. Yeah, yeah. the beach. Yeah, it has the be yeah, Seraph. It has the beach planet, which yep. is really you know that's unique in itself. So yeah. that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping the Andor show explores this to some degree. Right. So. Yeah, they love them desert because Boba Fett's like Tatooine all the time, baby. <laughs> well, Boba Fett did have in its it uh, the, Mandalorian it season three episode zero. It had that circular station thing. Yeah, I was talking about the Boba Fett show, not the Mandalorian show that right. secretly took over. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Empire Strikes Back with the Cloud City stuff, of course. Um, then there's. Within that, uh, we get Darth Vader escapes. They decided he had originally when he left. Oh wait, going back real quick before this, the you get the uh, one of my least favorite changes in the entire special edition stuff happens here is when Luke falls and he screams like, And you know what's funny? That was the first thing like gone when it came to DVD. I was gonna like, say they removed that, right? Because I like yep. I don't even have a memory of that anymore. Yep. Like it's so like gone it, from my mind at this point. It was bad. I'm like, who? What? <laughs> All right, that was an attempt at changing something, but uh, I don't even know why they'd add that. Like his demeanor doesn't suggest that he'd like outburst like that. He he yeah. chose to fall off. Why is he screaming now? <laughs> well, and they pulled it from the Emperor falling in Return of the Jedi and repurposed yeah. like. They just kind of pitch changed it and stuff. But I was like, it just does not work. Like, yeah. And his, his, his too, falling, his doesn't have his mouth open. He's just like, yeah, exactly. So it's like, I don't, <laughs> it's, it's whatever. But there's other changes too. There's the emperor change, right? Yeah. The emperor, uh, no, nope, not here. That's no, not, the DVD. It, 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 in the hologram? Thing? Yeah, the holograms. Yeah, it's, the holograms. It's still the, it's still the chimpanzee. Or whatever yeah, it's still the chimpanzee. It's still okay. um, Clive With Rebel. The, um, yeah. yeah, that that the DVD is where they add uh, Ian McDermott and the spawn of Skywalker. Uh, must not. Yeah, hmm. it's still the same old same old one here. Um, is there any Vader stuff that changed when he's like yes the thing getting his head? Not there. Um, it's when he leaves Bespin. Uh, and it used to say he was walking on the catwalk. He said, "Bring my shuttle," and then they changed it to tell the captain to prepare my star destroyer or prepare the star destroyer for my arrival. And they add a mm-hmm. whole bunch. They put the shuttles from Return of the Jedi in, mm-hmm. and they show it taking off and going to the the um, super star destroyer. Super star destroyer. And then they change the landing and use an alternate angle of his landing in Return of the Jedi at the opening. And he comes out, and you can see the guy, welcome, Lord Vader, like saying the lines, but they mute him. But it's just an alternate angle of him landing in Return of the Jedi. All this operatic nonsense, no reason. Just here's some extra Vader stuff. That's it. Um, But that's what they, they throw on us here. Let me add this about the Super Star Destroyer. Seeing this movie... And like slowly recognizing things that they're making. It's like, this is a movie. This is why, like, I don't mind having more Death Stars. In this movie, you know, the first movie you get a Star Destroyer, it was like, that's a big fucking ship. This is the second movie. Mm -hmm. It's like, 
here's a super star destroyer. <laughs> it's like there's there's a bigger one of these, and it's huge, mm-hmm. right? And I'm thinking, well, that makes sense. If you can make one of these, why would you not make a bigger one? You're in space, you right? Can do whatever. So when you by the time we get to Jedi, and it's like, well, yeah, you have a weapon that can destroy planets. You don't just stop making those. <laughs> like, like, so yeah, make a better Death Star. That's their whole plan. So then when you get to Force Awakens. I get that the complaint about like rehashing, like oh, it's another Death Star, but it's like, mm-hmm. like if you're trying to take over the galaxy, what better weapon to have than one that destroys planets? Like, what do you like? What's what's the other way to go? Right. It's like from a from a logic standpoint, it's like, yeah, it destroys planets. Like, why it, just because yeah. they blew up one? What you just not make it anymore? Like, it's like, oh, come on, this thing was working. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was like working. okay, we can make another one. That's like I'm sorry that your team is not good enough to stop like six guys from jumping in at the wrong time, but like for the most part, you know, planning success. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's my take as far as the logic for these things go. <laughs> Just keep these guys aren't these guys aren't watching the movie of themselves. They're trying to run a government here, <laughs> and then the best way to do that is to destroy planets. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, what I'm saying is, I side with the empire. <laughs> I, you, with the, the where their finances are going, yes. Where their finances are going and their logic, yes. Their their you know their moral uh, choices, like yeah, a little little shakier on that one when it comes to space Nazis. But uh, you know, <laughs> from a business standpoint, <laughs> pretty <laughs> sound. Infra- infrastructure, yeah, I get it. Um, another thing that's more important. This is when I saw Empire. This is when I realized Empire was the best one. Oh, really? um, okay. Yeah, you know, as a kid, I think most kids are like this. Return of the Jedi was cool, right? Because yeah. it's like, hey, there's there's speeder, speeder bikes, there's space battles, there's Ewoks, you know, <laughs> all, all this stuff that I love. You know, there's, it's not it's not slow, and it, you know, it's not these other stereotypical things to say about Empire. It's not ponderous. It's all just look at all these crazy creatures and like all this action taking place. Watching Empire in the theater for the first time, that's that's what I was like. Okay, yeah, this this is a movie. Like, this is real. Like, obviously, they're all movies, and obviously, Star Wars is amazing. But like, watching Empire is like, I I'm seeing this. I'm seeing this clearly now, and the brain is gone. Uh, but no, the uh, the movie like it really hit me in a way where I'm like, okay, I'm seeing the I'm seeing the necessity of having this darker chapter, mm-hmm. and I'm feeling the importance of what Luke and Yoda's conversations are all about, and I'm enjoying the kind of screwball romance stuff going on a lot more. With and Luke that and asteroid like, field chase in the theater is outstanding. Yeah. That's a it, very obvious. I mean, obviously, the cool stuff is cool and the action is cool and everything. But it's right. but in terms of like the character work being done and the direction it takes compared mm-hmm. to Star Wars, which is still much more of a uh, G whiz adventure. This has, you know, more cerebral elements taking place that I, I found myself appreciating the first time I saw it in the theater as opposed to just watching it on VHS at home or whatnot. It's like, OK, now I'm really starting to get in the vibe of why this one, for the most part, it seems to, you know, this and I guess one take tend to take the top prize as far as right. trilogy. Yeah. Easily. And I, Jedi Jedi is a fine film on its own. Like I've I never understood that. Yeah. I I've ne- it wasn't until the internet that uh, people apparently took issue with that movie, but I'm glad it's not me. Yeah. But uh, you know, maybe someday someone's like, well, people didn't like Rise of Skywalker? What? Maybe. I, I I don't know what that world's gonna look like. But I will not be a part of it. <laughs> hey, there, there's a world now. It's like, wait, people like Phantom Menace. Like, that's gotta. I'm sure that's a odd thing for people to comprehend now too. But who knows? Who knows? Uh, but yeah, that's the Empire Strikes Back special edition. Uh, and then finally, Return of the Jedi special edition, which opened in March. It's the uh, 
I think people like were kind of like done with the like because this one did not open as well as the others and just kind of went away quickly compared to the other um, other ones. But this one had other had significant changes to itself. Um, I'm gonna put it right up this. If you want our conversation on Jedi Rocks, stay tuned for our Friday episode. We'll be dedicating the whole music video episode to Jedi Rocks. But other things here uh, with Return of the Jedi, the Sarlacc Pit now had a beak come out of it. <laughs> it's a choice. <laughs> I, you know, I, um, as I said, like growing up, like when I was younger, I was Jedi, you know, I like all of Star Wars, but like I was super huge on Jedi because it just had like cool shit like that. You know, it had all the Jabba's palace and I was intrigued by that. It had Ewoks and, was, and it had speeder bikes. Mm-hmm. And I've been to the Redwood Forest at that point. It's like, this is so cool. Like this red thing, like there are the red speeder bikes in Redwood. But like the Sarlacc thing, I am, and you know me, I'm so obsessed with like giant unwieldy beast type things. Right. So, and like I, as we, we can, you can hear talk about this plenty in our out now Star Wars commentary tracks, but like Empire has my single, one of my single favorite scenes in all of Star Wars, which is when they're in the, the space worm. Cause it's like, yeah, that's fucking cool. <laughs> it's a giant space worm. <laughs> so, like the concept of there's this pit that a beast is just in and if you feed things to it it just digests them for hundreds of years <laughs> it's like what is that supposed to be so like any change to that it's like as long as it's still swallowing fools and digesting like i don't have a problem with this right it looks weird and it like it made me think i don't think boba fett gets out of this one anymore after like seeing this for the first time the way it looks yeah obviously i was wrong but like it was such a it was a choice where i'm like well, i'm not against this but it's certainly noticeable. <laughs> That's kind of my takeaway from this thing. Yeah, apparently you can go back years later and shoot it dead. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, well, it the, seemed fine. I mean, he just like shot his way around and kind of crawled out of it. Yeah. And then he comes back with the like. Let's keep in mind, L- Lando was able to like hold on for dear life with a thing wrapped around its leg. Right. But like the fucking, and he's fine. But the slave one's like almost getting swallowed up by the thing. Right. <laughs> so Lando's leg is as strong as the slave one. That's that's what I realized. That's what I'm sorry. Is. The, um, what the fuck is it called? Boba, Boba Fett Starship. Oh. Yeah, we can't go. <laughs> that's right. It's, hey, it's not a slave. Its name's Anakin. <laughs> The, the pizza. Did somebody talk about my former boy? <laughs> it's my boy. It was a pizza. <laughs> so I, I was. It was the beak was weird for me to accept because I always look at the Sarlacc pit as a pit. Pit. Yeah. Not that one that had a mountain. I liked it. it was just this. You fall endlessly, and it had teeth and could swallow or something like. Whenever you got to the bottom, I always liked that. So the beak was always a okay type thing and and early on i think they fixed it well but you could really tell the cg was cg oh yeah on for it sure. it was one of the, i remember that very distinctly because it stuck out so much it's yeah. like oh there's a thing now one of the lesser good jobs and like the uh i knew it wasn't going to happen but like the big stark lighter stuff in the first one i was like please show the sandstorm please show the sandstorm please show this no they didn't show the sandstorm scene <laughs> that now it's on it was on the it was a thing on the blu-ray releases those those scenes finally got put on uh proper uh bonus material so uh looking at i'm I'm sorry i'm trying to think about the starlight still where it's like it's yeah it's like i guess like a sea anemone it's just kind of a thing that like is there and i feel like you get inside of it's like oh i got you (laughs) that's like an environmental obstacle like a (laughs) 
Oh, like uh, 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 what's a plant that eats you? Like a Venus flytrap. Venus flytrap underground. Like that's kind of you know. Star Star Wars predates the ruins. That's what we're saying. <laughs> right. Yes. There you go. But yeah, it just what's all in the bottom of it? I don't know. I don't know. But we should do a ruins commentary. <laughs> just thinking. Oh, the ru- Yeah, that'd be a fun one. I liked that one back then. But yeah, uh, other changes here. Um, is there more? There's more. St- well, there's Jedi rocks, obviously, but there's like, there's what the thing outside Jabba's palace. It seems to be customary now. Where yep. like, the little, the little alien like snap like tongue shots mm-hmm. the crawling lizard thing. Yep. I think that's which that- is like I think repeated every time you go to Jabba's palace. Mm-hmm. Now it's like yeah, yeah. we still we still collect the things. Oh, and back to Star Wars, there was a couple new monsters in the cantina as well. They added yeah. back then to negligible. Once they needed, they needed more than just yeah. They needed more than just like the devil himself, right? Like yes, <laughs> more than Satan. Uh, but yeah, and then later on, George would think like, "Oh, Jabba's palace, that door just not big enough for me. Not big yeah. enough." <laughs> yeah. That's what we do later on. Um, of course, uh, there's more space battle things that get some CG with uh, Lando having, and of course, we mentioned the Death Star would have a ring. When it would uh, th- uh, explode, what's the word for it? Yeah, uh, some more banthas. There was like a an extra shot of the sail barge flying. Yeah, there's like a herd of banthas. Is it a herd? We need to look up this word classification for banthas. Uh, <laughs> a swallow of banthas. I a don't swallow know. of banthas. <laughs> um, apparently, uh, a CGI rope was added to Han Solo's foot as he's hanging off. So in case people were wondering like, how, he how can he how can he do that? So his ankles have ropes on them. So uh, and he also he said in the original version he said it's all right, trust me and special edition says all right, it's all right. I can see a lot better. So I do like that line though. That's that's because it's because he's probably bullshitting him. That's why I like the line. It's like I can see a lot better now. It's fine, right? I can see, I can see a lot better now. Um, the and big- then it is like you know, if there's one thing I can take from Solo, which I think is fine. Um, it, you know, there's an informed history. I mean, even more than just the implied history, but like thinking about like. Because you haven't seen Han and Lando really together, right? You saw him in Empire together right. for a bit. You saw him here. Like, there's not, there's only so much. So you think to like, I li- I like thinking generationally when you think of like, oh yeah, the, you think about like Alden Ehrenreich and Donald Glover's version of this, and like mm-hmm. flash forward to now, and it's like I got, I, got, I can see, I got this. Like, there's yeah. just something there that's like, I can appreciate the roundness of the series as a whole. Yeah. Same way where I, you know, when I think oh. of like the duel between Vader and Obi Wan and Star Wars, and you think about all the shared history between them that led up to this moment, it's like mm-hmm. this, this like it's a neat from a fran when like a franchise standpoint as a whole, you know, from the whole thing. Oh yeah, it's like, good. It's good power moments that were that work even better later on that shows the storytelling prowess of a George Lucas. Yeah, and how endearing the characters overall can be even mm-hmm. <laughs> when you when you make a unnecessary solo origin movie <laughs> there you go oh gosh uh the one of the big changes uh to this one was the ending where uh, not only do they get rid of the yub nub song which i like which i loved like i <laughs> the hell um with this rather inoffensive song that it's nice but not it's not as memorable to me. Like, I don't like hearing it. Like I could still like, 
as we've established, I was all about, yeah, cool. I'm going to see new stuff in Star Wars. I didn't mind Greedo. Jabba was like, yeah, all right, like, there's a Jabba now, I guess. Whatever. Yeah. This was the one thing where I walked out of the theater as a as a younger child thinking, well, that song sucks. Like, I was, yeah. not, I was, not, I was not into it. Like, at, like, at the same time, it's like, well, I got to see Coruscant and stuff. Like, and yeah, I saw, like, a this... T- yeah, and the... that, like, I saw, like, a T-16 flying around somewhere, and it's like, that's fun, but, like, this song does nothing for me. Like, I just really like Yub Dub a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah, Yub Dub was great because it felt unique in, to Star Wars and of that film, and this just felt like it could have gone with anywhere. Um, it just feels really generic. Like, Yub Dub feels like something that Ewoks would sing. Like, if that makes any sense, like, that feels like that's a song that they would come up with. I can picture them formulating this song, and that's the thing that they sing when they're celebrating. Yeah. I feel like it's it's him trying to take the Emperor's theme and take it back for the good guys. Yeah. Um, something he's trying to do, because at the end of Phantom Menace, it's a, ver- it's a celebratory, happy version of the Emperor's theme for the medal ceremony that later works itself in the trilogy to be the Emperor's theme that we know, and it feels like he's sort of trying to take that choir-esque thing back for the good guys. And then, yeah, you get to see all the planets, which this ending would be tweaked again later on. you would add in, like, Naboo, Naboo and some others. Uh, but this one, we get, what, Bespin, Tatooine. Bespin, Tatooine, Coruscant, which Coruscant. we've never seen, which mm-hmm. was, that was cool to me, because I knew about this planet that was all city. It's like, oh, cool, that's what this is. <laughs> and are they pulling down the Emperor's statue in the original special edition, too? I think it I is. I can't recall. I think so. And they that add would make the, sense to me. I think the additions they did was they added the Jedi Temple in the background. Of yeah, 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 yeah. They, for sure they did. The yeah. uh, DVD edition, which would yeah. remain. Um, and, like, Naboo got tossed in there. And they would. this is the last time we would have uh, Sebastian Shaw as Anakin Skywalker, the Force Another Ghost. very controversial choice for people. That would happen later on uh, when Hayden Christensen would take the role of Force Ghost Anakin. Um, but that's a choice not here. We still have Sebastian because Hayden was not involved in Star Wars in any way at this time in 1997. Uh, but, yeah, that was the, the change, uh, the ending that, Feels a little bigger showing it across the galaxy, but I never had a problem with the end of Return of the Jedi. I never thought it needed more. I liked Yub Nub because Yub Nub started simple and then ended big. Like it, it is that chorusy song. Like it's very you mean, loud. Of course, you like the ending as far as like the song without seeing any other things. Just yeah, like the yeah. Song. I was always fine do with you, that song. They song wise, sure. Yeah, but the rebels. You, do you like seeing the other planets? Or are you saying I do, that's... I do, but yeah, I would never, okay. I never felt like I needed it. But that's fair. I would say, I, I can agree as far as this movie. Like if I was just watching this movie and I got that cool, even if watching like the whole original trilogy, sure. Like there's something personal about that that works for me. And then there's also mm-hmm. Lando doing this. It's like okay, Lando learning to dance, but your Billy D. Williams. <laughs> oh, oh and they, they add, they, <laughs> um, they add Luke Skywalker hugging Wedge Antilles. Yeah, Antilles. Because they're best friends. Yep. Uh, <laughs> they form Rogue Squadron together. You never seem to do anything once. Uh, they be talks to Wedge sometimes. Um, but I think watch, you know, when you watch one through six, that, which I've done plenty of times, yeah. so, like I do like that. It's like 
yeah, this guy like fucked up the galaxy. It's nice to see like this, like yeah. the galaxy's like re- reveling in the idea. It's like, we've gotten rid of like space Hitler. We can just like celebrate for now. Right. <laughs> like I, 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 appre- I can appreciate that dude. I like the word got out and they all had a party at the same time. That's fun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what is he? Those, those holograms. Fireworks, Everybody. all things. Uh, but yeah, it's funny because you have this big celebration and then the sequel trilogy is just the tiniest celebration with no yub nubs or song. Yeah, it, uh, you know, there's there's hugs, including the, the erased from China gay hug. Um, there's the race <laughs> Star Wars there. scene. There's yeah, there's yeah. um, uh, all black characters are related with Lando and the and um, Naomi Aki's character. Yep, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and that's it. We're all just kind of on this planet that's name I can't recall offhand right now. Uh, that one, that one, the foresty one. <laughs> oh, that foresty one. Okay, cool. <laughs> It's not Octo. <laughs> it's some other thing. I can't think. It's of. not the one with Maz Kanata's bar. Yeah, it's the yeah, it's not that one, which I also cannot remember right now. <laughs> right. I, if I was playing Battlefront as frequently as I was before, I would definitely have these names down. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, so th- that's the. It yeah. is a rat. I'm trying to like another disappointment in Rise of Skywalker. It is a pretty like. I guess we're done, guys. We did it. <laughs> yeah, it's like feels small. Like the battle felt small. Like it's yeah, that's a whole thing. We wiped out the emperor's um, auditorium, and uh, that was it. Yep. If you buy a ticket to the show, you did not make it out. Anyway, those fans of that one, you do you. Like that's great. Uh, but yeah, Return of the Jedi, <laughs> big ending. Yup, no, not there. Okay. And it was all for naught because the first order would rise up and all go to hell so yeah enjoy your happy ending there rebels um I, one of the big changes that i didn't realize that happened to all three movies uh james earl jones is credited as the voice of darth vader which uh-huh, was yeah. not originally not till the 1997 special editions I, I remember that being a bit of trivia at the time too yeah it was yeah. sadder than there um good <laughs> yeah but yeah this uh those are those are the the special editions what they've done how we thought what do you what do you think of them looking back do you wish they hadn't happened or like how are you like i have no problem i just think you should make things available that like the original like if we can have a blu-ray that has five cuts of blade runner we should be able to have different cuts of star wars I mean, there's a deeper thought there as far as like, we must have to feel bad for Lucas in some degree, despite being as rich as he is and as philanthropic as he's chosen to be in the course mm-hmm. of his career. Um, but but he's also this seemingly tortured artist that got mm-hmm. caught up in this thing and wants it to be a certain way and is a perfectionist in his own way and wants things to continue to, and just and refuses to go a different direction on that, which mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, I could see that being a kinship with plenty of other artists that, um, you know, similarly don't reflect back on their, you know, other works or right, forward thinking. Yeah. They, yeah. They want to look at like, this is the, this is the one that I did. I'm, I'm the guy that made this. This is the, this is the version I've chosen for you to see. Mm-hmm. Is it, I mean, there's certainly a, you know, it's not like it's not possible for him to put those out. He can do what he wants to. And it's, it is what it is. 
I do like the certain pettiness that he kind of has as far as releasing that that bonus DVD. Yeah, <laughs> that's because it's like that's such a troll move. Oh, and he's not time. like I would never. I I don't think I would never think of Lucas being a a mean or vindictive person. But there is a. I think there's like there's an adolescence a reference sense of humor i think he does he's very aware of um, yeah. that he that he knows he's not unaware that fans like certain things certain ways or whatnot he's not you know he's not dumb yeah. like and he's not he's not blind um so like i like the idea of like i'm gonna throw you this bone but it's gonna be this is very funny to me right <laughs> like, right the least amount of work the least yeah like here you go but but as far as like my reaction to how like if there's anything whatever i mean like i got to see star wars in a theater again and yeah, I'm not. Are there like things that I don't prefer? I guess, but like they don't, they don't hit me in a way where I'm like I can't. You know, the whole childhood ruin thing. It's like right. nonsense to begin with. But like a you know a a minute scene with Jabba the Hutt's not taking away what I love about Star Wars. No, it, <laughs> like it, it, it's it, not. It's not a problem for it's, me. <laughs> it's still the movies I love. Like it's still them at their core and some kid picking it up i don't think is going to be turned off not knowing like you know like i i think it it works to that degree um my my thoughts on harrison ford haven't changed or like my opinion that han solo is one of the coolest movie characters of all time isn't like diminished because right because he didn't shoot a guy first anymore like it's right it's like stuff that you know if i was handed this and like was told i'm gonna put this in theaters and I have this stuff that I can add to it. Like, sure, I maybe like I maybe wouldn't choose those things necessarily, but like, you know, it wasn't up to me. It was up to George Lucas. He made those changes, and guess what? I still love Star Wars. <laughs> like, right. And not... my, well, my thing is like too. Like when people are like, "I want the original editions," I'm like, "I, I honestly don't. I want some of the cosmetically fixed ones because I don't need see-through cockpits and shadow box ships. Like, I want you know, I like." you know, where they had like the THX versions or something like that. And some of the special edition changes, like I don't want the exact 1977 edition. Like that's, I don't think people would realize what that would look like. I agree. And it's, you know, I don't, I don't concern myself with these kind of hypotheticals when it comes to like, would I want to compromise piecemeal version? Like, well, I can't get that. So it's like, what he's like, it's easy, and I know what you're saying, and I agree with you. It's like, sure, it'd be great to like have a version that just fixes up all that stuff and then doesn't necessarily work. But at the same time, it's like that's never that's impossible. Like there's right. no there's no version of that exists. So it's like if it's a take or to leave it scenario, as far as would I just like to get 1977 exactly as it was, or get the special editions that have all of the other changes in addition to like four scenes that are like okay, whatever. Who can whatever? Like it's yeah. like, it's Star Wars. Yep. Like it's fine. Yeah. No, I I still love the movies like you know and the changes are interesting and stuff and they still are fine and like and if anything it, it's promoted lots of interesting conversation over the years as well like, right you think there's there's more to say about star wars that you may think of now because you can analyze lucas's mind space more or analyze what you like about certain things being different or what have like there's that only that there that adds value to the discussion of star wars in ways that are intriguing beyond just divisive like star wars stuff keeps like it alive wars. It very much does. You know. it, it very, it very clearly has. Like I, you know, no one's going to wear a shirt that says, uh, "You know, I prefer the Star Wars that I've always seen and it never changed." <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, it just says Han shot, and that's it. Like there's no, there's no catchphrase because there's nothing going to happen. Like that's boring. Like I like the idea of having this. 
the, these ongoing discussions that kind of fuel various kinds of passions for Star Wars years later. Yeah. And how they how they even reflect on the prequels and the sequel trilogies now, as far as you know, what the intentions were of characters at certain points or how effects have evolved or any number of conversations you can have. Like and it's Lucas, all there. Lucas and Star Wars as being forward thinking things are the reason it's never even been thought of that it was going to, it, it could be rebooted, reset, remade. Like you can say mm-hmm. what you want. Like I understand there's people that, you know, the legends, uh, like the books getting cut off and restarted, but that I'm talking like movie sense. Cause Star Wars is movies. It started as movies. It's always, you know, going to be like movies is, Square One now it's involved in television, which is a compatible medium to what the movies were. But the forward thinking is why it's never been reset in those aspects. I the forward thinking is also why you get like the series that we have, like mm-hmm. on the animated ones and these live action ones. I do think <laughs> by having certain things warped around or what have you, you might not get the Mandalorian or Boba Fett like, right. in the same way that you'd have them now without having these special editions that add like bits of canon or rearrange certain things to make things possible. Like I think right. you know, well, it's the, not like a the, lot, but there's there's something there. The DVD editions would add Tamura Morrison's voice to Boba Fett. Uh-huh. So we now like it's like confirmed that he looks like that under that is that guy. Like that was a that was a notable thing when that came out. It's like oh that's going all the way there and that's a small little change but with big connotations which like which is lucas done but no i'm i'm fine with all, i got to see these in the theater like it was awesome you could go there's a time where you could go see all three in march they would be playing yeah. together yeah. like and seeing these on the big screen is amazing like i even sequel trilogy stuff and like all the prequels were like great theater going experiences anytime you see star wars star wars is always big on the big screen like the, the, the sound of star wars is the sound design oh god pretty yeah. much anything between ben burt's stuff and john williams mm-hmm. stuff obviously and it's just like this it, it doesn't get much better than those combinations right and people i mean people can ho huff at jj abrams stuff the guy shoots for the big screen like he knows how to make it where even in the lesser stuff he does like the it's spectacles still, there spectacles there yeah so that has not been lost on Star Wars uh, with things. But, yeah. So, yeah, looking back, I, I'm i fine with the special edition. Like, I'm not as, like, hot on them as I was then, but I've always just taken the changes and been like, okay, well, not the end of the world. I still watch Star Wars and enjoy them. And, you know, uh, everything, every time they've listened, like, the 4K sets restored color timing that the Blu-ray changed to make it look like the prequels, and things happen. And, you know, maybe we'll get those restored theatrical editions someday, but maybe not. We're still get, we still have Star Wars, so... Well, the, the second that the random, like, comic book websites that base sources off nothing stop putting up posts that say, you know, rumor is that they're going to come out any day now, mm-hmm. like, that's when we'll finally get them. <laughs> when they stop doing this... <laughs> I, I do know that they exist. Like I know people who have like worked with people on these. Uh, they are sitting there and have been worked on, but for what reason? I, nobody knows. It's it's <laughs> it's it's something they if they need to stir up some Star Wars interest. If it ever wanes, that's something they have in their back pocket. When Episode Ten gets announced, or when exactly um, when the um. When the when the solo in Kira series um, is announced or uh, whatever else comes along, Kilo, Kilo, 
when, when the Dash Rendar series gets announced. Oh my we'll, gosh, yeah. We'll see what happens. <laughs> More shadows of the for, Empire. Too late for Bruce Campbell now, but all right. <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, yeah, that'll uh, do it for today. Thanks, Aaron, for talking Star Wars. It's always fun to do this um, podcast form, even though we <laughs> do it r- regularly. But um, this maybe not so celebrated time in star wars but we're celebrating it uh but uh let people know where they can keep up with you and your happenings before we head out uh you can find me in lots of places i write for a number of sites my personal blog thecodazeek.com everything you find can every, everything that i do you can find there i write for uh why we live entertainment for movie reviews why so blue for blu-ray and 4k reviews and criterion reviews i'm on a variety occasionally doing some interview stuff and i'm on twitter at aaron's ps4 there's also our show out now with aaron and abe my friend Abe and I discuss new movies like on a weekly basis. We also do commentary tracks every month. Brandon is always featured on those as well. We've talked about seven, <laughs> seven out of um, 13 Star Wars movies at this point. We're stopped right? at The Last Jedi, which um, we should have done in December, but no, no. We, we had other plans. We did. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get back. Well, because we, we lost Star Wars. Or are we going to Rogue One? Or are we going to Rogue One? Are we doing that? That's actually a good question. Should we go to Rogue One or go to Last Jedi? We'll figure that out soon enough. But yes, all we right. do have commentaries for all the Star Wars movies. That's those are, those are always fun to do. Um, but yeah. All right, cool. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD, written work at com. There's more from the Brandon Peter Show this week, including more Star Wars on Friday. But until then, stay film positive. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.